Welcome to another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. This is episode 450? 450. Okay. I'm going to say it's 450. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. And uh, like I said, uh, Chatterbox Video Game Radio, this is uh, it's a video game show. So we have plans to talk about lots of video games today. And actual video games. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of demos. Which I guess means and actual we've been playing games, a lot of games in addition to demos. Have we been? I have been. I don't does know it about you. does it qualify to play a demo and say that you've played a game? No, I think it's fair for us to say um, the proper qualification whenever it applies. Well, that it was a demo versus the full thing. Well, yeah, just so people know. How often do you think people make demos that are not just the beginning of the game? Right, like they'll pitch you in. World Five or something to start off. Well, it's it's funny that you say that because even still now there are some XBLA games that will do that. Actually, the uh, the new Zuma, right? Zuma of all things. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's actually it's it's. I mean, if you like Zuma, uh, aka Puzz Loop. Um, it's actually seems to be a worthy sequel. It wasn't a. Because I, I forced myself to play through as much of it as I could. I don't know why. Of the demo. Don't ask me. Of the demo. Okay. And um, and in the beginning, I was like, okay, well, this is pretty much exactly the same product, except it's in a fancier skin. Um, but no, they actually have like new features. And besides the fancy fluff, there's also slightly more um, thicker, nougat-flavored um, not quite as fluffy features. So basically I'm explaining that it's, it seems to be a legitimate sequel. Okay. But your point is they also don't just start you at the beginning. They but they, they, the yeah, they like jump you ahead levels, right? So like they, I think they actually do start you at the beginning, but you'll get like one, like here's a level from like, you know, 10 levels ahead and here's another level from like 20 levels ahead. And, but the whole reason why I brought this up was right because you know, on XBLA, it's a standard. You have to have a demo to play your game. Uh, and before that, right, like, at least in the console world, the only demos that we had were, like, these demos that came out on, like, these PlayStation discs. Remember those? Yes. And then we had also those, like, uh, those Xbox. We had a few Xbox demo discs as well. Yeah, when they would come in a magazine, and so they'd be able to charge $10 per issue. Yeah. The and, official Xbox magazine. And I don't even know... I mean, I don't even know if it really makes sense to go either way on this. But I was under the impression that back then, because demos were so much farther and fewer between, right, that they seemed to, they seemed to like, give you more of, like, a, a experience from, you know, the second level or fifth level of the game rather than right from the beginning. But I think... I think that maybe this actually, it might not have anything to do with the fact that, uh, I think it might only have to do with the fact that they were older. And so like the, the, let's, let's say the, the, the best standards for demo making were not as well developed as they are now. Because I, I certainly do remember that back then the demos were, I felt like I was much more frequently led astray in terms of like what the game would be about having played the demo versus now I feel like the demos in general actually provide like a characteristic experience of what the game is all about. You think so? Yeah. Whereas before it was far more frequent that like I'd play the demo and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, like XYZW type of game. Right. And then when I actually got the game, I was like, whoa, this was not what I was expecting at all. And I and I only remember this because I just remember the myriad number of times back then how much, that how I was much... upset about the game because the demo was not upsetting. The demo was very pleasant, and I bought the game based on a pleasant demo, and then the real game was very upsetting. But how could it change that much from demo to final game? But it can. It's not just. It's not just in the thematic experience and in fact it's almost it really can't deviate as far as that goes as you're questioning me because it's what it is is like it's it's the actual like it's the difficulty balance and the feel of the game itself it's it's those minor details 
that uh, I mean, it could really, it could really, it can completely change the character of the game. You know, okay. like even even like one of these games that I mean, like you played Mark of the Ninja too, and I don't want to get into discussing that quite yet, right? But depending on, for example, how hard that game was at the beginning, right? You can. Or let me let me put it this way. Maybe this is a better way to explain it, right? If you're given any game system, right, like Mark of the Ninja or anything else, right, you could make a level out of it using, like, its token pieces of grammar that is super-duper easy and super-duper hard. You can make a great game out of it. You can make a totally shitty game out of it. Basically, what I'm saying is Just that in a lot design, of cases... You mean? In a lot of cases, it comes down to level design what the precise character of the game is. And a lot of times whether people are able to play it or not, which is really interesting because they usually have the lowest totem people working on a game doing the level design, which I find ironic. Yeah, that actually. is a little bit weird. But I, I thought you were you were sort of using an example like, uh, you know, some games, like Red Star does this, how different levels actually have different mechanics, right? Because some are overhead or some are, you know, a side view, right? Right, right. Um, I thought you were saying, like, okay, the demo was in one of those modes, and it turns out that most of the game is in oh, a different mode. Well, that, that happens too, right? But I'm, I'm really, I'm just speaking more generally, especially in light of the fact that I, I can't think of any exact examples off the top yeah. of my head. Like, Braid, to me, is one of those examples where it's like, you get a feel for it in the demo, and, you know, really what's cool about it comes out in the, the later worlds, right? Because it changes so drastically from world to world. Sure, sure. Um, but you can't show off all of them because then you're showing off all the game. So, right. so what do you do, right? Well, you, um, you give the player a hint. I think that I think the braid demo did a really good job of giving the player a hint. I don't actually remember it very well. I just assumed it was the first world, and yeah, you know, it is. Have at it. And, and it is okay. But I mean, you you miss out. Like, wow, they do really cool things later on. That well, yeah, but you can't give them the whole thing. You got to give them. You got to give them the taste. That's what I'm saying, right? So but, they want to get. So the in this whole case, thing. the demo actually doesn't do the job of enticing me well enough because it. It could if it showed me other elements. Which demo? Braid. So Braid, if you had played the demo, you're saying you wouldn't have bought it based on the demo? No. Um, I, I don't know what I would have done because my wife just – she saw the demo. Yeah. She basically said, this is great, and literally I threw mean, money at me I mean, and you said can't, you have to buy it. You can't, they can't blow their load right away. I mean they can't uncover all their secrets immediately. You know? But I – Unroll them out to you gradually. But so I, I think what, what you're suggesting is sometimes they'll show you the really cool parts of the game in the demo. You buy it, and then it turns out that the stuff that wasn't in the demo was actually the boring stuff. No, I haven't seen so much of that, actually. Well, then how can you be making this claim that it just you sounded it, like you said it turns something out not to be what you want? It sounded like you just said something completely different than what I've been talking about for the past 10 minutes. You basically said you played a demo. Yes. It was great. Yeah. Then you buy the game, and it was yeah. not great. Yeah. Okay. So how could but, that be? But it's not it's not I never said that it was because they showed me something really cool that wasn't in the actual game. I just said that it was enough of a difference between the dynamics of the actual intricacies of gameplay that the demo ended up being actually a very very poor introduction to what the game would be like. I guess what I need is is a real example of that. If you're talking about some subtlety that you weren't introduced to in a demo that made such a difference that it's, well, you didn't like well, the Well, that's why I made up that it. other example. Like I don't I don't know how else to explain it. It's just sometimes let me put it this way, like I don't remember the exact game, so I'll maybe I'll try another example, right? There's there's another one where um I think I mean I remember back then like a lot of times was it See, I'll just be making up stuff. I don't I don't uh Okay, listen, I'm not going to hold your I, feet I to the fire. I can't satisfy you, I guess, but I, I've done my best in trying to explain this. It's just curiosity. That's I can, I can live without knowing. That's fine. Yeah, I think you're going to have to. But I guess we, we could certainly pose the question to the listeners. Like, uh, Do you have examples of, of demos that were either really good or really bad um, when, when converting to the full yeah, game, I, like I, the demos actually, not do a good job of representing things. I would like, yeah, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even have to be like on a continuum. I would really like to know if any of our listeners have just been felt like they've just been led astray by a demo. You know, like once they got the real thing, they're like, wow, this is not at all what happened to me. Mm -hmm. can, can you remember any examples in your past? This is a bad example, and it's a recent one, and it's a game I want to talk about today anyway. But... um 
The reason why it's a bad example is because I purchased this Nintendo DSiWare game, right, off the eShop on the basis of two things. One of them being that it was a dollar ninety nine. Okay. Probably not that very actually that good a game. Two seventeen because they added tax. Okay. Okay. The other being that I you know, they there are a few demos you can get on the eShop, but by and large, the vast majority of product on there doesn't have a demo. The best you can do is you can look at the screenshots. There's like six screenshots for every game. And you can watch a video, right? So there's this game, and I'll just say what it is. It's called Rabby Labby 2. Isn't that cute? Mm, I, I suppose. Is there a reference right. I'm not getting? It's Rabbit Labyrinth. Okay. Rabby Labby. It's Japanese. That's stupid. Okay. okay. Two. They already made one. This is the sequel, okay? And so I... Is this like Goonies where where there's a first one that we never saw and we only no, saw Goonies 2? No, the first one existed, but uh, I never saw it, but it, it was somewhere. Okay. Anyway, um, so I... I watched the video and then I saw the look at the screenshots and that's all I had. That's the only thing that I could base like what this game is about on. Obviously, text does this when you have the other two to rely on. And certainly video does you no justice when you have actual gameplay to rely on. But I digress. Anyway, I bought the game and I was like, whoa, this is nothing like what I thought it would be like. Even after watching gameplay video. Really? Yes. I couldn't... I couldn't... It was a big surprise. I, I kind of want to see that. All right. Maybe you will. Well, we'll go to break. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. Okay, so we're back. It's Chatterbox. Video game radio. Can you feel the excitement, people? I've tried. I, I have so much excitement; it almost cannot be contained. All right. You know, we we've told you from time to time we get emails. Uh, we want you to email more frequently than time to time. Our website is chatterboxgameshow.com. You can find our addresses on there. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling four eight zero four game twenty one. Leave a message on the Google Voice, and uh, we might just play it on the show. Let us know what you think. Give us examples of of demos that. That leave a, an imprint, you know? Or if you cannot decipher <laughs> the mapping from alphanumerics to numbers. No, wait. If you can, if you can't, wait, you said the game. Yes, I did. Okay, I completely effed this up. Okay, so if you can't, <laughs> if you can't figure out which uh, alphas map to which numerics on your uh, touchtone phone, then it's uh, 480-442-6321. Yes. A little belated, but I made it <laughs> in. That's good. I, we're at inside this joke is, level at this point. This is, this, is why, this is how we make the uh, big bucks and have... Um, yeah. All right. Well, before we continue, I'm also going to remind everyone... Thousands and thousands of listeners. Yeah. Remind you to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. They uh they have a, a meeting tomorrow that I was invited to. Totally unrelated they, they, to games, actually, by the Wednesday. way. No, but there's there's one tomorrow in association with like what I do on a daily basis. Not related to games at all. That's okay, now you're confusing me. I just it's just a happenstance that there's a meeting relative to my work function that is happening at UAT tomorrow. 
My point is they get involved oh. in a lot of things. Oh, oh, okay. So the reason why I was confused is that actually now is a good time for us to also announce if any of our listeners are in Phoenix and if they actually listen to the show before Wednesday night, the IGDA chapter meeting is also at UAT oh. this Wednesday, 7 okay. p.m. Cool. I'm, I'm going to be on a plane at that time, yeah. so I will not be there. Yeah. So if you, I'll be there, and then... Um, is, is Kyle Pulver going to be there? Kyle will probably be there. All right. Well, I would tell expect him, him to be there. He needs to email me because it's past September 8th, and I haven't heard from him. So Okay. Well, that sounds very cryptic, but I will pass Well, I'm supposed to be working with him on some hardware project. Okay. So Good times. He was emailing me, and then he went to PAX. So he came back, and then just nothing in the ether, man. So let's let's keep talking about this this Rabbi Labby too. Okay. Oh yeah. Really? You want, is yeah, it worth it? Because there's there are multi facets to this discussion here that you're not aware okay, of. Okay, so let's review. You saw the video and you read some text, then you actually paid for the game. Yeah. Which is fascinating by by the way, DSIware. Yeah. Paid for a DSIware game. Yeah. And it was nothing like you were expecting, even after watching gameplay video. Right. I don't understand it, but okay. So tell, tell me how that happens. Imagine my surprise. Right? There was the thing was I think that the way that they cut the video together, they actually did a really good job of hiding a lot of the dynamics of the game, namely that like Christ, I don't even remember exactly how it goes down, but like you're like this one character who's a girl and then you have a rabbit and you're in a labyrinth. That's how the title comes together. You see that? Yeah. And uh and you can like all you need to do is just move your character to the goal, you know, and then the rabbit is involved somehow where you can like abusively exploit the rabbit to like get your girl character to the goal. Anyway, like the ways that you can interact with the rabbit were really not made apparent at all. I thought it was going to be like, like a lost Vikings or something, you know, where it's like, Oh, the rabbit has these powers and Oh, the girl has these powers and you have to both get them to the goal. But no, it's not like that at all. Um, and here's the thing. There's there's two things. I wonder how many people know what Lost Vikings was. You know it what? It took me a minute to remember, but yeah. I remember it. This is the beautiful thing about the Google age. Because if you don't know... No, because clearly they can't understand a game by watching videos. Now <laughs> you have <laughs> no excuses to not know something because you can just look it up in exactly one minute. T-I-L. Gameplay footage doesn't show me what a game is about. Yeah. Yeah. So that So that sucked, but there's... The suckage continued because never never have I spent less money and wanted more of a refund <laughs> than in this game. You you bought a level of disappointment that was disproportionate to your payment. Yes, I was I've never felt in fact, I never even had the idea, okay, until buying this product that there there could be a fantasy of me being able to return <laughs> this digital product that I paid two seventeen for, you bill them for your time. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, I think that the two seventeen is somehow more important than my time. <laughs> but um, here's the problem. Okay, was this two dollar and seventeen game? I made it to like level like one four. Okay, four levels into it, it goes from like pretty like pretty easy. But unusually challenging for a first level, right? In the space of four levels, it goes from that to Battletoads difficulty. <laughs> okay? Like, okay. Like, th- like, That's a reference to very, very difficult, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. Each level was like exponentially more difficult than the last one. And there's this, like, there's this hint function you can use. Where if you like if you do good enough on the previous levels, you can get a hint for the level that you can't. If get you past. do well on one level, why would you need a hint? It's the people who do poorly that need the hints. No, but you need a hint. You save it for you need the hints for later for it's the like ones a li- you can't. Like beat. a lifeline. No, well, it's not. It's kind of like a lifeline. Okay, so basically, here's what the hint does. Because I got up to level one four, right? And one like you know, one two was a challenge. One three was ridiculously hard. One four is like. I, I I can't even my brain cannot even like begin to piece together like what moves to do. So it's funny you bring up your brain. I I was 
I was having a discussion with some friends recently. You ever hear this thing about how like some people are good at algebra and not good at geometry, and then some people are the other way yeah. around. They're good at geometry, not, right? So yeah. I wonder if like there's something about you that maybe like this game didn't click with you, but with other people it does. Because I, I like how could it be so difficult? Okay, well you know what? Maybe maybe even between breaks, I'll let you try, and then you can tell me. I would love. You to. can tell everybody. Just um, how stupid hard this game is. Yeah, or you can make me look like a fool. It's, it yeah, could well, really we'll go either way, and and I'd be I'd welcome that. But anyway, so the tip, right? The tips that you Just, get are basically in text form. They basically like explain to you like what to do, like what moves to do in broken English. And no, no, no. I mean, it's translated quite well. Actually, it was a good translation. Um, and it, they just it just tells you what to do to finish the level, right? And it's like a 14-step process. Like, I don't need... Like, I can't even identify, like, as many unique positions, like, on the game screen to place my character than there are steps. It's ridiculous. I couldn't even follow what was going on. But it was, like... It was just one of those, like... You know, like, you feel like... Like, you open up a blender that you buy and you look at the assembly instructions and it's, like, a thousand pages longer than you were expecting. Is is that your subtle way of telling me you finally decided on a blender and bought one? No. Okay. No, none of that's happening, by the way. Do Do you want us to solicit suggestions for blenders? All right. Well, unrelated to video games, if um, if any of our listeners have any expertise in um, one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar blenders, or I'd, if you have a bead on really cheap ones like a Blendtec or a Vitamix, sure. Or an I, I'll, I'll be in that market, but. Now see now now I'm now I feel compelled to say more about it because all of our listeners are like what the fuck are they talking about? Well, you just you mentioned to me that you you are in the market for a blender, and so I know yes. that I want a blend tech. I've grabbed I've grabbed that carrot, and now we're being launched down the hole. All right, that's fine. So, um, Any, anyone who follows on me, no, my me on my Facebook problem knows that I love I love smoothies. My problem is that I want to buy a blender, but every blender i research i find out something about it that's a deal breaker and so uh, there's no blenders apparently that i want except for the 400 hundred dollar ones that i don't want to spend 400 dollars on you and me are alike my friend so i'm at an impasse i'll yeah. just stick with my 20 dollar blender that i've had since, since 2002 and okay. um i will let the answer come to me that's okay anyway so it's do. like a blender you look in there and then you don't actually know how to do it yeah. So so anyway. So then, right. So then, I was thinking, right. This this like, what do they call it? Buyer's remorse, right? Like this huge, just enormous, just feeling of just I've made a terrible mistake, and I wish I wish <laughs> wish two dollar and wishes. seventeen cent mistake. Let's. I really wish. I was like, I wish I could just. I just want to return this. Can <laughs> I? Can I just tell them? Can I just call them and say I only played it for twenty minutes? And I don't want to play it anymore. They'll say, you played it for twice as long as the average user. Probably. You should pay us two more dollars. Probably. But this is this is interesting, right? Because it got me thinking, you know, we're we're in a really, really uh, unconventional spot with the idea of digital downloads, right? Because any actual physical product right has intrinsic value that you could resell to somebody right but because this doesn't really right and we can't there's no like way to resell it so there's no way like really whether the the whether you are permitted right or have the even capacity or capability of doing something such as a return right it's completely up to whoever's doing the infrastructure of the sale in the first place you know, and so like we find ourselves, I think like it's almost like the first time in the history, right? Where it's like, well, they could, obviously the seller does not want to set up an infrastructure where you can return something, right? And so they don't. But here's the funny thing too, right? Is that like, well, I think one of the reasons why all a lot of these digital download projects are so cheap is because we don't have these things that we would normally have with a physical sale, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cheaper to publish. Well, sure, right? But I think also that these other aspects drive the price down, like the fact that they haven't set up a way 
let me let me just leave everybody with this. What if allowing you to rent, rent allowing you to return a digital product could actually increase net sales? So I am now the king of Rabby Labby 2. All right. And I wonder if this is this is like... Okay, no, 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 no. Hold on. Before you go off in your thing, okay, let's just make it clear, all right? Do you not agree that that was totally unreasonably hard for a fourth level in a game? Well, that's what, that's what I was getting to. For a fourth screen? I, I wonder if it's like Super Mario Brothers and The Lost Levels, or whatever The Lost Levels was originally called, The Lost right? Levels wasn't that hard, though. I, I haven't really played it much, but my understanding was that it was really hard. It, was it basically little, starts it was where little. the last one left no, off. No, no, no. It was a little harder. It wasn't quite that hard. I don't know. I mean, I've seen it. It is not exactly easy. But I just take my word for but it. But my okay. point is, it left off where the previous game, or it started where the previous game no, had it left didn't. off. No, it didn't. That was the idea. Didn't it start in World uh, 9-1? No. I don't know anything like that. Well, you're going to have to ask Tim Winsky for that. That, that was my understanding, right? Where the that game started where the previous game left off, so basically you have all of that skill behind you. That's crazy. That's having never I've, played Rabbi Labby. That's crazy talk, dude. I don't know about Rabbi Labby too, but it definitely, as a game that we're first introduced to, other than the first level, which actually was remarkably easy, um, did introduce like difficulty at a at a crazy ramped up. It scale. got it got like exponentially harder with each level, yeah. didn't it? Well, here's the thing. There's there's lots of games that have multiple solutions, right, to either the puzzles or or whatever the game is, right? Um, and usually, like, you can mess around with the mechanics. You can, like, if you position your character just right over here, then you can do this thing that lets you jump over and get to this place that you normally you wouldn't be able to get to using, you right. know. Those kinds of things, a- normally, they're like little, like, Easter eggs, like things you figure out that you don't have to do. Yeah, or accidental solutions. But in this game... The only solution is that really weird thing that no one would figure out. Yeah, like you really have to like exploit like the very edge of the performance envelope in this game. Yes, I I disagree with you about how the hint was too difficult to understand because I understood it quite fine when I read the hint and there's how like I succeeded. fourteen steps, weren't there? Well, I mean, I I guess. You could look at it that way. It wasn't really that difficult. Obviously, you have far more patience. It was than like I put do. your character here, make the other character stand on his head, yeah, and then move. And it's just like really stand on the head. Whoa! It like it got it introduced something that I would put on par with a level in Braid that was like in the middle of the fourth level out of six. It was or the fourth world. Okay. Yeah. It so was anyway, hard. not a good back, game, by the way. No, it's not a good game at all. But let's let's go back to what I wanted to lead into with all of this rigmarole in the first place. Okay. And that was this this uh, crazy idea that I left us off with when we went to break last. Right. I think there might actually be some good to a universe where a game publisher permitted there to be returns. In a purely digital space. Hasn't... I mean, Kindle, it's not games, but the Kindle lets you rent yeah. books. I'm not, I'm not so familiar like with, with, with what Kindle stuff. lets you do. I don't know the rules either, but I know that there's like some sort of sharing mechanism where you own a book and then you can share it with someone so that they can read it while you're not reading it or something like that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me lay out... I mean, it's digital content that you're getting, I don't know, that you're treating like real content. Right. Let me lay out what I think... This should be, and then um, then you can tell me how ingenious or how crazy it really is. So, since it's a digital product, they know how long you've used it for, right? So, we can say, look, if you haven't played this product for more than, let's say, half an hour, 
you can return it and it'll get erased from your drive and you get all your money back. Money back guarantee. Now, the really interesting thing is that, um, I mean, you could do this at all kinds of thresholds. You mean just change it for each game? Well, I mean, for example, like you could say, look, if you don't want it anymore after 20 minutes, then you can get a full refund. If you don't like it after like three hours of play, then you can get a half refund and so on. If you wanted to be so granular, right? But that's, that's, I'm kind of, I'm just getting overexcited now about ways this could happen, right? But this is why I think this could be actually theoretically a really ingenious idea. And that's because it's it's been said, like, if you look at the App Store, right, like the Apple App Store, right, that one of the reasons why it's been like a race to the bottom with all these digital games is, among all the other things, right, that like, well, one of them is that you can't, you can't return them. And so part of the low price is built in, is this built in facility or lack thereof of being able to return it, right? And so you kind of like... You're kind of like making this trade with the guy who's selling it to you. Like he's like, "All right, I, you know, I'll give it to you at a super cheap price because you can't return it ever." Right? I mean that I, I feel like that is happening in some capacity. I just thought it was. I'm going to give you this game. Don't worry, it's only a dollar, so it doesn't matter that it sucks. Right. Well, same difference, right? But here's the thing, right? It's it's the whole this whole race to the bottom in terms of price of the things in the market has he seems to hinge around this this idea that you just mentioned which is it doesn't matter if it sucks right so people are buying things left and right because they know that look i'm going to buy like 10 $1 products and one of them is not going to suck i'm hoping and so i'm okay with five with, with nine of the other ones sucking because um if i had known everything about what i was getting into maybe i would have paid 10 dollars for that one and i would have been even anyway Right. But here's what I'm getting at. Okay, is that ultimately. Right. If a seller gives you the opportunity or the chance to return something under a set of circumstances that only instills confidence into the buyer. Well, and I would be I would I would be personally far more motivated to buy a lot more digital purchases if there were some kind of return system. And I have a feeling that most people would be too. I don't disagree with that. Although the argument of confidence, the pro- the problem is like that would have to be built into the shop mechanism. Well, yeah, of course it would have. Not to. per game. So it wouldn't give me confidence because it would just be like, well, they all require this. So it's just might, some might have a higher return rate. What would be interesting though, take this a step further and publicize the return rate. In the shop. Okay, now you're talking, right? Right. Because now there's an incentive that the publisher has deliberately built into the system to basically make sure they don't make shit games. Yeah, that would actually be really good because right now we have star ratings, but people manipulate them, all sorts of... They're meaningless, the star ratings, basically. For the most part. I mean, because they got totally hacked in Microsoft until they were like, all right, you can't rate it unless you've played it, which I was like, wait, that wasn't... That wasn't a rule yeah, to but, begin with. But you know what? It wasn't. But you know what's funny? What's happened is that they, nothing's improved in terms of the range they express. Really? They're all like four or five stars now anyway. The only thing that is useful is that you can judge the popularity of a game just by looking at the number of ratings it has. Yeah. Because you will look at um, – what's this game? Yeah, this uh, – we'll talk about it in a little bit. But this um, the Sleeping Dogs game, right? It had like a few thousand downloads for the demo. Not downloads for the demo, but a few thousand ratings. And I looked at all the games that came after and all the games that came before it by like five or six games. And no other game had that many ratings, right? So you can guess, okay, like, you know, this is much more popular product than the ones that recently came out before or after. But they all almost all have nearly identical aggregate scores anyway. So I don't think that the stars still mean anything. But... I mean, return rate. I would, I would trust that. I would definitely well, trust yeah. that. And so this is, and, and so I mean, I think that that would be fantastic. But we could never. I mean, imagine, right? Like, how could you ever pu- convince a publisher to engage in that sort of practice? Because the only way you could do it is if the shop 
meant that they would get a lot of sales, like Steam, right? People are using Steam just because they have to. Right. And if Steam integrated that, which they're the only place I could picture actually doing it. I think the only place it could work is if one digital economy felt like it needed to do this in order to compete better with another digital economy. Yeah. Like Steam versus XBLA or or whatever. I agree. I I don't think it's going to come out of nowhere. But the problem uh, is, is that like... Each of each of our digital economies are not really in a competitive space with each other. That's correct. And I mean, that's well, the problem. it depends how much Steam Origin picks up. Well, okay, fair uh, enough, right? Because those uh, those are definitely competing. Those are probably the most competing out of all of them, right? Because all the other ones are in separate platforms anyway. Yeah, but I mean, to to suggest actually that Origin is much of a competitor for Steam is a bit premature. Yeah, Give maybe, it some time. Maybe though. this is maybe this is. Um, that could be the thing that set, sets them apart. Yeah, this yeah. is this is. Uh... But yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting idea to me, and I wonder if it if it's like you can try it for a week, and if you return it within a week or within two days or something, that you get most yeah. of your money back. Because you know what else I would love to do? I would love, and I think other people are in this boat too. I would love to pay more money, knowing I could return the whole thing if I didn't like it. Really, I would lo- I would love to pay five ninety nine for Rabby Labby two, if I knew that I had like you know an hour to evaluate it and then decide if I actually wanted to pay for it. See, so I mean, with like a triple A title, which I mean, of course, everything's going to be digital download eventually. Well, what are we what are we calling triple A? Well, let's say the stuff that we right now pay sixty dollars for on a disc. Okay, okay, right. That's what I mean. So a full full feature game eventually when that's digital and. That's probably when this sort of system is going to have to come into play when people are spending so much money. Yeah. Um, well, they have. I mean, they have those one-hour trial things. Right, well, that's on PSN. That is something I was actually thinking. Right. So they're pretty much presenting this already. But um, you're going to need to do it more than just an hour, especially because no matter what the time limit is, whether it's an hour or a day or three days or a week, people are going to be like, "Oh, I only used it for five minutes more than the limit." Right. right? So. Well, the other problem, too, is that that hour demo isn't really an hour. It's a 20 minutes of cutscenes, and it's well, it's an hour, but only if you decide I am going to section off an hourly of my life yeah. to evaluate this product, which is that's asking yeah. for a lot. Actually. No, and, and I mean, it, there's an easy way to get around this, by the way, if if the whatever commerce system exists for this builds in um, basically if you set a default, like I always want to have a limit on this. So that it only lets me play up to a certain point, and then it's like, all right, you can't play anymore until you click this button that says you confirm that you're not going to return it, right? Right. You're keeping it, uh, but then that would probably encourage returns. Um, but maybe it's a setting you could say. Anyway, we're getting too granular, but I wonder if this sort of thing will eventually happen when it becomes fully digital. The world, I mean, if it'll well, have to exist. That will be a dream of mine. We'll see. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. Once again, you're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Don't forget to visit UAT.edu, website for the University of Advanced advancing technology where the by the way you can have these sorts of 
uh, insightful intellectual discussions in your classroom at that school. Maybe. I guess it depends on the caliber of student in your class with you, but you know, you could do it. Now, um, we were just suggesting that maybe in a future universe, uh, you could be returning digital stuff. And you said that's a dream of yours. Yeah. You know what's funny though? Well, let, I'll let you finish. I think it, that, that's really just the, the compliment to the nightmare of yours, right? It'll make it slightly more palatable in this fully digital world. No, if that's if I, an option, if I could actually return something, that would uh, that would be really fantastic. You know, I mean, I could stay, take this step a bit further. Like, after three months, you could transfer your license to someone else for X dollars, but that license, you know, they'll cut something off the top. So you could sell this game that's sixty dollars right. for thirty dollars to someone, twenty of which you will get. Right. Right, and well, ten will go back. Well, will be chopped up into pieces that go back to the publisher and the and the marketing you know device like steam sounds, or whatever it sounds complicated but maybe but it, it isn't it's really. gonna have to happen right because people like the resale of things and and i think the problem is that publishers don't feel like they're they're getting anything obviously right but what if they introduce a system that allowed them to do that so i know that i can get a game half price if i wait three months plenty of people are still going to buy it but right. that's also going to put a surge into the, the pocket of the publisher at three months, right? Which they previously wouldn't have gotten. Like, it's probably just going to go off yeah, the radar. Yeah, but the way that they'll look at it is that, like, well, this person, like, we'd rather just do a sale later on if we want to, you know? Perhaps, but you because, know what? Because otherwise, right, then, like, that, that secondhand sale is, strictly speaking, money off the top that they're losing if that person well, would have bought the product for I don't, the price. I don't know what the breakdown is now for... For games, my understanding is that the profit in every area is pretty small per title, right? I don't know how much goes to the publisher, maybe $10 of a full-price game. Um, and what, like $20 goes to Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo? Well, what as, are you talking about? Retail, license provider? retail products? Yeah. yeah, so you've got a $60 game. Yeah, but that's totally like the breakdown is totally different versus like a digital download. No, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand the levels here. So let's say $60 retail disc. Right, it's some isn't it something on the order of like twenty dollars to the licensor, and then like ten dollars to the publisher. Uh, you end up getting honestly. I, I don't remember what it is now, but I do remember that way back when there were cartridges, like in the N sixty four days. Um, there was I think it was Edge, maybe another magazine actually published a breakdown of who gets what cut, and there were a surprising number of middlemen actually. Yeah, well, I was, I was about to say, okay, so there's licensor, there's publisher, then there's a bunch of middlemen, then there's retailer. Retailer gets something like 7%, last I heard. At least when games were $50, they were getting 7%. Basically, a game that's like $45, they sell for 50 which is very little, right? It sounds reasonable. Uh, but you're cutting them out. Well, not really, because Steam is basically like a retailer. Um, anyway, I was just saying, like, it breaks down to be very small anyway. Publisher doesn't get a lot of money in the end. Um, and if they could get half of what they get at first sale, right? But in at the, second sale, but in the digital realm, right? Because this is what we're talking about. Yeah, in the digital realm, the, just the publisher gets a ton in the digital realm as it is. Yeah, they get seventy percent, right? I mean, that's the well, they get thirty percent. Who do you wait? Who are you talking about as being a publisher? Uh, I'm saying publisher is the person creating the or providing the content to the marketer to to. I okay, say like marketer, I mean the market. You mean like Microsoft is the publisher? No. Okay. So, so, so XBLA totally is the market, which takes 30%. Because the publisher is Microsoft, actually. Yes. I mean, it's, it's strange, right? In, in the case of Steam, I'm, I'm saying market. So because you still have developer and then you have the company that the developer works with sometimes right. in order to actually get it into the store and then the store which you're calling the publisher, sells it. So anyway, 30% cut to the retailer, digital retailer, we call it, 70% cut to the person who provides the content to the retailer, and then that can be split up however the hell the the content provider wants to split it up. But um, that still gets broken into pieces. You could, you could do it, man. Sell it. Well, it does, but the whole reason why we were... I don't understand why we got to this point. I but... was just saying that it would... It would satisfy the concerns of people who like, well, many of the concerns of people who like physical media. 
because it allows resale. But I, I and think it would also you know satisfy what, though, the publishers. I think that we'll be closer to getting like the chance of actually returning a digital product versus being permitted to resell it. I think that the former will happen before the latter. Oh, I disagree. If, if it ever happens. I disagree because uh, they will ne- they have no reason. They, I can see a reason for them to allow a return under certain conditions, but they have no reason whatsoever to go through all the calisthenics they need to do to allow secondhand sale. Does, unless unless it's actually somehow mandated by the courts, but that's a whole morass. No. I mean, I'll I'll tell you why it's more likely because although I agree with you that there is reason to allow returns because it instills confidence and reduces, you know, the amount of chaff in the market. Um, the publisher won't see that. They'll just see it's an opportunity for me to lose money because they see very, they're yeah, very but short-sighted. Likewise, the publisher is not going to see any reason to permit secondhand sales because they can just say, if we're not making enough money on this product, we'll just have a sale for it. No, no. But I mean, although I see your point, by my being able to sell it, I become the marketer for their product. They don't have to spend any money and I will encourage someone to buy my product. I'll talk about it in a forum. I'll just offer it to my friend, whatever the case may be. Hey, dude, I'll sell you my license for half the price if you just wait a couple months, right? Or just, hey, a few months have gone by. Does anyone want to buy this? They don't have to do any work and they suddenly get a surge of sales. They don't have to promote a half-off sale. They don't have to go through the the process of it. It can just happen and it can happen at infinitum, right? So I buy it half-off. You know what? I could resell it again. Resell it as many times as I want. I don't know, dude. And they would get a cut every single time. And so... I mean, obviously, there's this curve downward where people eventually don't want the just game like, anymore. Just like you explained how you don't think that publishers will see the angle that I was trying to convey to you, I don't think the publishers will see the angle of how a secondhand sale could possibly result in a net benefit under any circumstance. Well, they they would run market testing to really see the numbers, obviously. But that's that's the example that shows I can do nothing and I will end up getting money into my account by doing nothing. More money than I had before. Well, overall, who knows? But at least it's providing a mechanism. I mean, it's a compelling income. point. They truly have to do nothing once they set up all that infrastructure. Yeah. You know, so that is a compelling point. And, and it will satisfy some of the concerns people have with um, digital distribution. Although it still won't allow people like Tim to have a big but visible, here's, here's the other visible collection. Yeah, here's the other problem that I have, though, is that the infrastructure that you have to build and maintain to allow secondhand sales, I think, is infinitely more complex than one that would simply allow returns. Because now you have to have user accounts that can interface with other user accounts. I, Steam, I'm confident... <laughs> either already has the system built behind the scenes and just hasn't pulled the trigger or could do it in no time. Cause it's just a question of this license belongs to this person. Like anybody has access to all the content. I think it's a little more complex than that. It's not just setting a flag, you know, you have to do a lot of coordination between users and then how do you, and then, and then you have to, okay, so now there at, has at to, at any time I could purchase a game and then have the rights to that game. No, let's, let's talk through this a little bit, right? So if I'm going to secondhand sell you, um, braid seven. Okay. Because, uh, I, I, I'm not going to get into that, but okay. So, right. So now like I have to, so I'm going to sell it to you. So I'm going to pay you money, right? So how am I going to pay you this money? First of all, transfer it in the market. Yeah. Right. But like how, right. Just like you would buy a normal game and the, the market and we'll use steam. So I use, I use my credit card. Yeah. Okay, I use my credit card. I buy or the existing points that you have deposited in your account because you've sold games in the past. Possibly, but since I'm a curmudgeon, I do my best to keep my point balance at zero at all times. Okay, that probably wouldn't be allowed in this scenario, by the way. I mean, if we're just talking about points, then that's one thing. Okay, then I, I concede the point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, cu- but, cutting the check, I agree with you, yeah. Much less likely to happen to pay the person. But with direct deposit these days and PayPal and all that stuff, they could get past that if... They really wanted to, but no, they want to keep your money in that economy. They want to be collecting interest on that. They, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're never going to give you the money back, and that's fine. But you're going to keep your points. And that, w- that would also be fine because in this economy, you are always going to be buying your games through the, the market that you choose. 
or, or maybe a small subset of markets that exist, right? And so you will have an account in your Steam account, right? Oh, I've sold 10 games. I have so much money so I can buy new games, which, by the way, will encourage purchase of even more games. Here's another thing, right? Um, maybe this is a deal breaker for both of our arguments, right? But we haven't even discussed uh, what kind of exploits there could exist in terms of, you know, oh, okay, I'm deleting my game now because I'm selling it or returning it, right? But then you really have a copy somewhere else. Well, Steam, the way Steam works, it deals with license and whatever, and you have to be online in, in order to start the game at least, Yeah, I, I believe. Although Rich told me otherwise. He said if you get the game on Steam and you download it to your computer, you don't have to be online and you can just play it. That is not my experience when I was playing uh, okay. Civ Five. I was pretty sure I had to be connected in order to start the game. Maybe Civ Five is special. Maybe I also don't know how to use Steam because, quite honestly, I don't know how to use Steam. Um, so it's possible. But basically, S- Steam works off of a bit of the honor system where like, it could be manipulated to a certain extent. And they just expect people to basically... Or only a small number of people would really fuss around with all of that to truly exploit it. Yeah. So whatever. They just let it happen in order to, to have a, a positive user experience. And I think that's how this would... Plus, if, Hope so. I, I also think they would institute a time limit. You couldn't sell your game on day one, right? which would curb most of that. Because most people will play a game. They'll maybe play it for a couple of weeks or months. Right. Well, that's the beauty of all of these systems we're proposing is that you could put on them any manner of conditions that are so arbitrary and because it's all digital it's really not that hard to implement yeah well and you can modify them over time although that would piss people off but but yeah as as in digital you can set all the rules to make sure that it pans out the way you want it to pan out uh financially because the consumers won't know all the testing you've done Anyway, it's a great idea. Let's start our own new system. Allow for this stuff. Okay, let's, it would, uh, let's patent it tonight. The first no, system that allows resale. Nobody steal our ideas. It'll take off like gangbusters. We'll be back next week, guys. Next, next week. Bye. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.